Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Saturday, September 19th, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us on this special Saturday edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. We were unable to get an episode out with Bill Barnes on Wednesday for his weekly Wednesday weigh-in. However, we wanted to make sure that you guys heard from Bill Barnes at some point this week, so we had to move some things around. I recorded with Bill Barnes on Thursday, uh, so you know we were only a day late technically. No, in all seriousness, Bill got called away, uh, something work-related. Uh, we can't really talk about what he does, but I will say that it was important, and he really couldn't uh, pass up on it. So he got called away. He His services were needed. And uh, he had to take off right as we were getting ready to record on Tuesday. Uh, he didn't get back late until Wednesday, so uh, we were forced to record on Thursday. That's kind of how things uh, you know, were mapped out. I didn't want to take away from the other guests I had uh, interviewed, uh, Nick Gonzalez for the Thursday episode and uh, Bill McCabe for the Friday episode. So we just said, well, let's just move Bill's episode, Bill Barnes, that is, to Saturday. It's still going to be considered the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. It's just a few days later. So we thought we'd put Bill Barnes in primetime on Saturday. And uh, I hope you guys have some time today to listen to this episode. Uh, maybe while you're watching some college football, the U.S. Open, uh, whatever your whatever your viewing uh, needs are on a Saturday, hopefully everyone's off and not working. But if you don't get a chance to listen to this until later, well, by all means, we understand that people listen to our episodes uh, much later uh, at times and not always the day that it is released. And it is probably easier to listen either on the way to work or at work for some of you rather than at home on Saturday when you got family and uh, probably some other chores and things to do. But uh, whenever you get a chance to listen to this, we are happy that we could put out an episode and we will have another Bill Barnes episode next Wednesday for you. At least that is the plan. Uh, to get an episode out on Wednesday, record with Bill on Tuesday, probably like we usually do. And we should be back to our regularly scheduled pro programming. So I got all kinds of comments for uh, asking me, hey, where's Bill Barnes? Where's Bill Barnes? Well, I couldn't tell you where he was, but uh, I do know that we were able to sit down and record on Thursday. And so that might also be why uh, we talk about a few things, or, or I at least did, that maybe aren't as relevant to current news on Saturday. But uh, again, we recorded a few days early on Thursday and just wanted to give you guys the heads up for all of that. Uh, part of my intro was for uh, Wednesday's show. It was supposed to go out. Uh, I kind of went, I don't know, my usual rant about 10, 15 minutes. I decided to keep some of that on. So uh, pretty soon here, you'll be able to hear me transition into uh, the originally scheduled intro for Bill. Uh, there were a few things, obviously, that 
as of Tuesday had not happened yet. I think I call out the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, for for not speaking out on something. Well, uh, since then they have spoken out on the whole the whole shooting that happened in Compton. But uh, when I recorded this, they had not. So that is why you will hear me talk about uh, talk about that. And that's just an example as to. Uh, the whole time frame and every, everything. Anyway, let's get to my intro from Wednesday. And uh, right after that, it'll be followed by the interview with Bill Barnes. So uh, yeah, Bill Barnes is actually coming uh, over here on uh, to Eastvale today. He will be here. Uh, Bill Barnes making the trip over to us in the Eastvale studios. He is making the trip south to Eastvale today to make a visit to Eastvale Studios. So we're going to be recording with Bill here at, at our home, at our home studio, a home game, if you will, after I've been traveling to uh, his house uh, for quite some time now. He was in the area, said, you know what, let's stop by and get a recording done there. So uh, happy to have Bill Barnes here. He's going to have some very strong opinions, as he always does. And uh, just stay tuned, stay ready, because uh, we're going to get into some crazy stuff, I think. A lot of law enforcement talk, um, entitled athletes, the millionaires who are oppressed, all these things, uh, a lot of different topics. So uh, strap in. As always, it's going to be a fun one with Bill Barnes. Very intense, very uh, very energetic, I, I, I think, uh, based off of some of his recent Facebook posts and everything. So uh, should be a lot of fun today. Looking forward to talking with Bill. I think I hear him downstairs. He'll be coming up here very, very soon. Well, guys, a couple things on my mind today is, uh, you know, we saw a bunch of empty gestures in the NFL. I see all these these things there. People are like, hey, if we hold hands, we'll change the world, right? If we lock arms, if we, if we uh, wear a certain T-shirt, that'll change everything. I understand awareness, okay? I understand awareness. I understand trying to uh, raise awareness for a cause. It could be veterans. It could be domestic violence. It could be uh, racism. It could, whatever. I, I get it, okay? But I just think with some of the things the NFL has done, it's just it, it's just trying to be like, hey, look at guys, we, we care. Okay, my biggest concern though is that I haven't seen any words said from professional athletes about the shooting in Compton. I mentioned it recently. Uh, I have... I was really sad that the LA Rams didn't do anything uh, honoring the cops or speaking out at least against this attempted execution that occurred right up the street from their new stadium. I haven't heard anything from professional athletes. The best thing I've heard uh, from the sports world is again, my favorite radio show outkick the coverage Clay Travis uh, offering $10,000 reward on top of the $100,000 reward that law enforcement in Southern California are putting out for this suspect. You know, I haven't seen any matches from other celebrities or uh, athletes. I just haven't seen any, any activism. We all, we can't get behind. We can't all unite and say, ah, someone walking up to a police vehicle and shooting two cops is wrong. We can't, we can't unite on that. Yet, when a video comes out of police acting on a suspect, we lose our minds. We're divided. We can't come to an agreement. Okay, fine. But we can't agree on two police potentially almost executed. Two brave 
sheriff deputies shot in the jaw twice, shot in, uh, you know, near the forehead and the forearm, just sitting in their car and they were walked up on and shot. Sometimes people accuse me of not speaking out on things or how come you didn't say anything about this event or this event? Well, I want to want to know where the celebrities are. I want to know where the Los Angeles Rams are. Where are the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Dodgers? I haven't seen any gestures. I haven't heard anybody speak out on this. Where are you, where are you LeBron James? If we're going to unite and have an honest conversation about what is right and wrong, we got to be on the same page when something is absolutely wrong. Yet in 2020, right is wrong and wrong is right. The world is upside down. We want to talk about Jacob Blake still and how he was attacked. Police showed up and just attacked him, much like this, this evil suspect did with the police in Compton. It's not what happened. Now what happened? We got all these these names of people who were shot by police. Most of them who were committing a crime. Most of the narratives that the media and other people have said are completely false. They were just innocent victims. It's not true. You want to talk about Breonna Taylor? We could talk about that. She was caught in the cross crossfire. Horrible situation, but this attitude that the police showed up just to execute her is completely false. It's wrong. Did the police screw up there? Yes, they did. But don't tell me they showed up to kill somebody. Don't tell me the police showed up to kill or, excuse me, wound Jacob Blake. Shoot him in the back. They struggled and fought with him. It's not even in the same conversation as to what we've seen in Compton. The guy rolls up on two officers sitting there and shoots them unprovoked point blank range. Where are the athletes? Where are the millionaires? Where are the people with the platform that say they need to speak out on senseless violence? The problem is that in 2020, in some people's minds, any use of force by the police, any use of force is wrong. Not in my mind. Some people... I think it was Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I could I could be wrong there, but excuse me. I'll, I'll look it up when I get in this with Bill Barnes. Someone with a knife had apparently stabbed some people, was attacking the police. He was shot, of course, protesting over police violence. Shooting someone who had a knife and was charging you. What do you want these people to do? How many warnings do we give people? I swear, it's like children. How many times do you warn a child before you ultimately have to punish them? Make them have a consequence. You guys think police officers want to kill people? You guys truly believe that? I'm not necessarily talking to my listeners. I'm talking to whoever. All these protests, all these, all this writing over, over police use of force. Are there situations where the police did things wrong? Yes. But this bogus narrative that cops just want to go out and hunt people down, I'm getting sick and tired of it, especially when you're seeing criminals literally hunt cops down. I'm a little fired up today. I haven't even started talking with Bill yet. I can't see very well. 
My vision is awful. I need contacts. I need to wear glasses just to see in front of me a few feet. My vision's awful. For those of you chuckling, yeah, an umpire referee with terrible vision. Yes, it's true. My vision's awful. But this country right now needs a stronger prescription. They need to put on some glasses. We need to put on some contact lenses. Get eye surgery. I don't care. But we are not seeing clearly anywhere these days. We've got to see clearly on important issues. You can continue to burn and riot and throw tantrums all you want. We cannot come to agreement if we can't look evil in the eye and call it for what it is. And then we can't take something that is uh, questionable and say, no, that's, that's, that's evil. That's just as bad. No. America needs a new prescription. I have to go get an eye test once a year. Things are not how they were when this country was founded. Things are not how they were during the Civil War. Things are not how they were during the 1960s. There have been... It's not the same. And so we have, if we're going to look at things clearly, we got to update our prescription. And that goes for everybody. We got to get a new prescription. I can't see a thing without my glasses. And that's how I feel America is right now. We don't have our glasses on. Or our glasses are so old that we need to update our prescription. We got to get back on track. I don't know what it's going to take. I really don't. Unfortunately, this this snowball uh, that continues to grow, it it's only building and building with more violence and more more nonsense. It's really really frustrating, guys. I see all this virtue signaling, and it just pisses me off. I did see on Facebook, there is a new feature on the Messenger app uh, where there is a forwarding limit on Facebook now. Meaning, if I see something I like, I want to share it with some friends, not post it to my wall, but share it to multiple friends. I click Messenger, and typically I have a few people that I send stuff to. But I noticed that I was only able to send it to five people, and then it said, forwarding limit reached. What is this? So apparently, as part of ongoing efforts to provide people with a safer, more private messaging experience, Facebook is introducing forwarding limit on Messenger. So so messages can only be forwarded to five people or groups at a time. You know how ridiculous this is? Because all you have to do in going around it Okay, send it to five. Now go back. Okay, now send it to another five people. Okay, now go back. If there was this serious problem about sending lots of messages to people, you didn't fix anything. You just delayed it a little bit. I see that you guys ever see this on your phone. I know you shouldn't be on our phones when we're driving or I go to operate a MapQuest or Waze. I think Waze has this feature where you, you can tell you're moving in a car. And it'll say, don't text and drive or whatever. It'll pop up a message. Now you got to do is hit like, okay, and then keep going, keep texting. So basically it doesn't lock up your phone. All you have to do is click a button that says, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm not driving or whatever. 
It doesn't fix anything. It's actually probably more dangerous because it's one more step that you have to do. So you're on the road driving, someone using their ways. Hey, don't text and drive. They click okay or ignore, and then they keep they keep texting or playing on their phone. It doesn't fix anything. Just because you throw out some message, some warning, doesn't fix anything. So <laughs> this forwarding limit on Facebook, it's, it's ridiculous. Limiting forwarding is an effective way to slow the spread of viral misinformation and harmful content that has the potential to cause and real harm. You guys ever notice some of the things you're allowed to, to post or, or spread on Facebook? It seems like uh, they're trying to censor more and more things, uh, right, with this anti-spreading of misinformation or whatever. Although it always seems to be conservative type of news that, that is uh, censored. I see some pretty disgusting things on social media that seem to be just fine. Outright lies by the media. But that's fine. That's totally you can spread that misinformation. That's totally fine. But what Facebook or other people deem as misinformation because it, it's conservative or uh, helps a certain candidate or whatever. No, no, no. We can't have that. We believe that controlling the spread of misinformation is critical as the global COVID-19 pandemic continues and we head towards major elections in the U U.S., New Zealand, and other countries. Make no mistake about it. This is about control. Social media, Facebook, you guys can preach all you want about equality and spreading of misinformation. No, you're trying to limit conservative spread of information. You're trying to limit the discussions on COVID-19 from other doctors because you find it offensive or, or incorrect. Again, this is like the media controlling the narrative. It's the same thing. Not everyone is on social media. I, I'm aware of that. But social media and media have been all about controlling the narrative, pushing agendas, controlling the information. And if you don't see that, I mean, we, again, we got to get a better prescription. We got to open our eyes. Put some eye drops in. Whatever you got to do. We need to open our eyes. I've seen countless clips from news media talking about how irresponsible it is of protesters who were protesting, opening up the country, open up the, our state, let us go back to work. News media, those people are irresponsible. They don't care about lives. Then Black Lives Matter or Antifa has a protest and it's how courageous and brave these people are. I'm not talking about which side you are on things. I'm talking about the inconsistent hypocrisy of the media and reporting in this country. It makes me sick and I'm absolutely tired of it. It's up to us individually to use our minds to think about what we see and if we're not seeing clearly to work on our prescription. That's on all of us individually. We need to not be sheep led to a slaughter by a media and a social media mob that does not care about us or this country. They want it changed. They want it destroyed. That is what they want. Matt, you're so extreme. Why, are you, why do you think about the... No, I, I, I am tired of dancing around the issues.
If the leftist mob in this country wants a fight, they're in for a rude awakening. They better be ready. They better be ready. That's all I can say. Because there's a lot of people out there who are furious. They're tired of living uh, in lockdown. They're try- tired of being restricted, telling what to do, telling how, being told how they think. Enough is enough. Let's see what Bill Barnes has to say about all this. Let's have some fun discussions today. Let's get fired up. Let's get after it. Going to be a fun conversation with Bill. Again, if I'm the voice of reason here, we're in trouble. It's time to step up, all of us. Think clearly, see clearly, and act clearly. Make no mistake about it. The country is under attack, and it's from within. It's from within, and we need to we need to defend ourselves. We need to defend this country. Enough is enough. Let's get to Bill Barnes. Bill Barnes is here. I can hear him downstairs. He's ready to go, itching to go. He's waited six days to unleash and get after it with me today on some heavy topics, some fun discussion. Let's get right to it. Let's not waste any more time. You guys tune in on Wednesdays to hear Bill Barnes, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Let's get right to it with the one and only Bill Barnes. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Well, we're a couple days late, hopefully not a couple dollars short. We are recording with Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in, although it is a Thursday. And if you're listening to this episode, it is Saturday. Bill Barnes, we are a little behind schedule, but we're putting you in prime time. We're putting you on Saturday this week. Well, one of the prime time players, man. I love it. <laughs> I, um, you know, I was ready to go with the taping Tuesday. I was here at the uh, Honeypot Studios downstairs. <laughs> Getting my voice warmed up um, with the one and only Mike Jarbo. We're having a conversation. All of a sudden, my phone goes off, and it's my boss from my job. And it was one of those, how fast can you be here things. So duty called. I had to go. And it turned out to be a 28-hour day. And I didn't finish until yesterday, Wednesday, at 4 o'clock. And um, so it was a long, it was a long, long shift. I would love to tell you all what I do. Um, it is security related, and um, I would be killed if I if I told you. So, or I'd have to kill you too. Uh, <laughs> so I cannot disclose my, what my job is, but it, believe me, it's not that big a deal. But it's very, uh, you know, kind of on the hush hush. So anyway, I work for people that don't want what we do disclosed, so I have to honor that. But I can assure you. It is not, I don't carry the football for the president. I don't have any controls of the, uh, of the uh, nuclear clock or anything like that. Close, but not quite. So anyway, um, yeah, that's what's what took me out of commission. And I'm well rested after a 12 hour sleep last night and I'm ready to go. 
Yeah. You know, Bill, I got so many uh, messages and phone calls and, Hey, Hey, everything. Okay. I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. They're like, where's Bill? I'm like, well, I can't tell you where Bill is, but uh, we'll ha- we're going to get an episode out. So for the four or five people that listen on Wednesdays, Bill, they all contacted me and, and really were, were missing you on Wednesday. You have some loyal listeners. I, I do. I, I'm, I thank them from the bottom of my empty heart that, <laughs> that they care and that they want, they miss their good laugh for the Wednesday, but I guarantee we will do our best today, Saturday to get your weekend off to a rip roaring start. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Bill, how was your trip? You raced out of here. Uh, you had to go home, I'm sure. And then 28 hours later, you made it home. Was there any, uh, you can't tell us what you did, but is there any, was there any rough stops along the way or anything? Maybe on the way home? Um, driving home on the 210 yesterday, uh, rush hour, um, myself, like a lot of other people do driving alone in your car, you sneak into the carpool lane to try to avoid some gridlock. And as luck would have it, I look to the right and there's a highway (laughs) patrol car next to me as I'm a lone occupant in the carpool lane. So I sped ahead a little bit, hoping that the officer did not see me, but she did. She pulled over, got behind me, lit me up. I was, you know, got pulled right over, got off the freeway. And full disclosure, you know, being a former cop, you have a retired ID card. Now, I immediately got that and my license. She came up to the passenger side of the car and I said to her, hey, I'm not going to offer you any stupid excuses. I'm tired. It was a long day. I just, I just want to get home. I said, I'm guilty as hell. And what you decide to do with me, obviously, is your choice. And she looked at my ID card. She looked at me. She looked at my license. She dropped the ID card. My, my ID card, it says retired law enforcement, yada, yada, yada. She dropped it, looked at me, <laughs> and wrote down my name. Uh, and said, uh, what year did you retire? I said, 2009. She goes, then she looked at my license again. She looked at me. She kind of gave me a, you know, all I could see was her eyes because she had a mask on, of course. And she said to me, quote, you're as old as my father. You should know better. And she dropped my license. She goes, verbal (laughs) warning, get out of here. I said, thank you very much, ma'am. Never happened again. So I got off. I, I was lucky enough. You're honest with him. Whether, and I will say this. From my experience, whether, and there's probably some of you out there that, that are going to say bullshit to this, but whether you're an ex-cop or not, if you have a good attitude with an officer, you're not an asshole, you admit you're wrong right off the bat, uh, you somewhat take them off guard. And and I'm not saying this is going to work for everybody, trust me, but a lot of times, a lot of humility will take you a long way. And that with me, along with the fact that I had a retired ID card, that was probably the the the, the censure. And that got me out of the ticket because those are expensive. Oh, yeah. And I got to be honest with you. I don't like doing it. I only do it when I need to. <laughs> but I don't. It was kind of humiliating and embarrassing to get stopped. And I don't want to put an officer in a position where they got to walk up thinking they're going to deal with some asshole. And they've got, you know, me. You know, I'm kind of taking the wind out of their ticket sale. So anyway, that's what happened. And uh, I went home, went right to bed and slept for about 12 hours. <laughs> well, so anyway, it's not the first time, nor will it probably be the last time this happens. Oh, we hope it's the last time that you get pulled over, but you never know, Bill. I got pulled over on the 210 
uh, in, in up in uh, the Silmar area one day. Speeding, of course. You know, there's a speed trap up there, and I was the guy. And again, I was very humble, very, you know, um, um, hat in hand. And the nice officer um, actually apologized to me for stopping me, if you can believe that. Wow. And um, I was very, very thankful and went on my merry way. Now, now our listening audience is probably thinking, you know what? What an asshole. Just because he's an ex-cop, he gets to drive around and be an idiot. Well, no. I drive around and be an idiot just like everybody else does. And yes, because I'm former law enforcement, we get a bit of a break. And it's, to be quite honest and quite, um, you know, forthcoming, it, it's kind of a, a job benefit. You know, I mean, <laughs> for years of if, service, yeah, if you're a car salesman, you get a, you get a friend and family discount buying a new car. <laughs> All right. And I have no beef with that. That's just the way it goes. You know, if you're an airline pilot, you get to fly free in the jump seat. But that said, Bill, now it doesn't mean I can go out that's and, what I'm sli- saying. and slice somebody's throat and get away with it and walk away and throw my retired card down and say, hey, he had it coming to him. No, it doesn't work that way. An infraction versus a misdemeanor or a felony uh, is, is a huge difference. Yeah. And that said, I, I would say that, uh, you know, there's times when I'm sure you don't always get, get a pass. I mean, just based off of oh, years no. of service. I mean, so that's happened plenty of oh, times. No. There's too. been times and I can go into, I don't, I won't go into great detail right now, but there's been times when that ID, even when I was a, a, a uh, active cop, there's times that ID was no good to me. And I could have just, you know, taken it and shoved it up my ass because <laughs> it was absolutely no good to me whatsoever. <laughs> no, there's been those times too. So with that said, sometimes you win. Sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. <laughs> well said. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I've, uh, yeah. Anyway, well, Bill, you're, you're trying to get home. You're trying to get around third after this, this long stretch and just trying to get home safe, literally. And, uh, you got bit a little bit, but you, but you know what? We, we, uh, you know, the world keeps on spinning barely as we are <laughs> barely, indeed. you know, the world's not a really good place right now. And no. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm half expecting it to fall off its axis anytime now <laughs> with yeah. the way, you know, we got global warming according to our, our governor who is not a scientist. I don't know he's what not? he is. No. Oh, I thought he was. I, well, he's oh. a medical doctor, scientist oh. all around uh, a douchebag <laughs> to put it bluntly. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding about that. Well, Bill, there's not only was there a lot of things going on from last Tuesday to this Tuesday, but we had you had two more days really to think about a few things we wanted to talk to. Uh, there's been plenty of things. First, I want to get into uh, a question from a listener. We'll, we'll always uh, always uh, take, love questions. We take Bring those love take questions. those questioners questions from our listeners uh, very seriously. So for those out there, you know how to reach us. Um, this is a question from Mr. Bill Barnes. Uh, the question is, I think. Both of you, meaning you and me, Bill, are Second Amendment or pro Second Amendment. What are your thoughts on gun control with the recent LA shootings and past mass shootings? Well, I'm a firm believer in if you're if you're a law-abiding citizen, okay, if you want to have and and the weapons are legal, you, you in my opinion, you should be able to own as many guns as you want to. All right, you can only shoot one at a time. You can only use one weapon at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just like you're a stamp collector. All right. Or any other type of collector. Granted, stamps don't kill people, but whether you have one gun or a hundred guns, 
You can only shoot them one at a time. And guess what? Guess what? The reason we have the second amendment was for early in our, in our uh, country's history, it was for arming citizens in case of a uh, invasion from foreign countries. Yes. The reason Japan stopped in Hawaii is because they knew that every American was armed. Every American had guns and they would fight for their country, Mm -hmm. not just the military, but every citizen. And that is a great deterrent, not only to our, our, our foreign uh, counterparts who don't like us, but it's also, if I had an asshole neighbor and he knew that I had 14 guns, he would think twice about coming and, 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 and making an ass of himself in front of me mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, he wants to challenge me or something. My, to my, put it quite simply. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you, you never, can't have enough firepower for defense purposes. That's, that's what I want to say with it is guns are not for offense. They're for defense. Correct. You know, uh, they, they don't carry the ball if you will, or score points. It's like, it's for defense. It's to stop, to prevent things from happening. Now, uh, the question was mass shootings and the recent shooting in LA, uh, referencing the shooting of the two sheriff's deputies okay. in Compton, which we'll get to, yes. but I will say this first, uh, there's no amount of laws you can make. There's none. Look around, look at Chicago, very strict gun laws, very, very strict gun laws. They're shooting every, I don't know how many hours there. So you can, the argument for, for the second amendment and pro gun and gun or gun control versus pro gun people is that, you know, it'll prevent things from happening. You can only make so many laws. Bad people are going to do bad things. You cannot make laws that make it impossible or harder for law abiding citizens to protect themselves. Bill. I agree hundred percent. It's about what's in that person's mind. Yes. Okay. You get a nut bucket that's going to go do a mass shooting. They're going to get their hands on a weapon come hell or high water. It doesn't, the, the, the weapon doesn't shoot itself. It takes that fucked up human being pulling the trigger to, oh, to, uh, Oh, we have, uh, pardon this interruption. Man, Bill, that was super close. I thought we were going to lose you again for a second with this uh, phone call. That keeps well, coming in. you know, when 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 the name of the boss and the company comes up on your phone, this is not one you do not ignore. <laughs> okay, uh, you answer and don't have to leave leave now. It's a tomorrow assignment, so we've got twenty four hours to get this thing wrapped up. Oh man, well yeah, I, I so thought anyway. That's just the nature of the beast nowadays. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of you know. I'm I'm kind of like that Johnny Rivers song from the mid '60s, Secret Agent Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, yeah. I mean, last time your phone rang, you had to run out of here. I had already done like an intro for you and everything, and uh, you had to go. So I was a little worried, but it's good to know that it's not until tomorrow. You know, it's crazy that more people want. Uh, need Bill Barnes than just our listeners do. There's there's other people in the world who need your services. Well. When you're a hot commodity, Matt, you run that <laughs> that uh, table until until you know you're wiped off. Jeez. You run, you just go with it. Wow. So anyway, um, when his name comes up, that means there's dollar signs. Yeah. And when there's dollar signs, I answer the phone. <laughs> no kidding. Well, uh, let's get back to what we were talking about. We were talking about uh, the Second Amendment, gun control. Uh, mass shootings, and of course, tying all that into the recent shooting of the two deputies in 
uh, Compton. So I'm not sure, quite sure where we left off, but I'll, I'll give you the first. Well, uh, I think I'm, I'm basically my, my, my position is if, if you're a honest, good citizen who either wants the weapons for hunting and or private protection, you own as many as you want. Mm-hmm. You can only shoot one at a time. Okay. Yeah. There's car collectors out there. There's uh, collectors of everything. And if you're doing it properly, safely, then own as many guns as you yeah. want. Well, Bill, cars don't kill people. Actually, they do. That's probably uh, one of the uh, biggest well, leading. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's, it's just interesting. I think it ties in to this whole COVID situation. It's personal responsibility of the person of course. that's either driving the car, holding the gun, or... Uh, Whatever it may be. I think it ties into this, the whole COVID thing where we're in this world now of restriction and you can't do this. You need, it's for other people. It's, it's deadly. You want people to die. It's like, no, that's not the case. Everyone wants to live their lives. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to go in public, don't go in public. If you don't want to purchase guns, don't buy them, but don't restrict other people from doing these things. And let me tell you this, the bad guy will always be able to get a gun. No doubt about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, drugs are illegal. Mm-hmm. Heroin, methamphetamine, uh, opiates. They're all illegal. But guess what? Guess what? The people that want them, get them. Yes. And I mean, there's there's no... Last I checked... Uh, I sound like you now. Last I checked, uh, I'm pretty sure murder is illegal. I, I, I'm not certain well, where, in all states, in, but... In California, it's, it's, it's... You know, if Governor Newsom has his way... Uh, it'll be it'll be justified and excusable uh, with with the way he looks at things because uh, there is absolutely no checks and balances on the way he governs this state on going to jail. There's no, there's a no bail system. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the most. It's a joke. It gets worse and worse uh, day by day. We have a, a few things involving Newsom later in the show, but. Uh, as far as as mass shootings, Bill, like you said, bad guys are gonna are gonna get them. Sure, you want to? I, I I don't know that you can't win with the anti gun world, and and it's it's hard to debate the the very passionate pro gun world. Um, I, I will just say that I feel much safer when there are less gun laws. That's me personally. I don't know how everyone else feels, uh, but you talk about Chicago. Chicago is a war zone, and they have very strict policies on guns don't they very strict laws uh well it sure doesn't it sure doesn't seem that way yeah oh it's bad it's very very bad so uh yes to each his own but that's where i'm at that's where i'm kind of like almost libertarian like hey leave me alone i'll leave you alone don't don't tell me that's why with this whole covid thing i'm like okay if if you if you're scared if you're wearing a mask in your car or wearing a mask while you're walking outdoors uh on a on a walk or something like Dude, you're you're paranoid and and need to stop that. Like you're you're just living in fear. Uh, Bill, let's talk about the shooting in Compton. Uh, two deputies, two sheriff deputies, sitting in their car, uh, were approached by a suspect and shot at point blank range. Thankfully, both deputies are alive. Um, there's been all kinds of things on this. I've I've spoken about it quite frequently here the past few days. Uh, I've seen videos of people laughing and thinking it was funny very close by um i think they're as guilty as the person who who pulled the trigger and i use the term loosely when i say person because i don't think they are um what are your thoughts on what you saw uh, regarding the shooting of the two deputies well let me let me break it down for you uh both tactically uh there, there were and, and again 
I am not sitting here Monday morning quarterbacking those two deputies at all of what of the way they they of what led up to the shooting. And I will say this later that they were absolutely heroic in the actions they took after they were shot. And yes. I'll get into detail on that. When I was in the academy, and I don't think the, the tactics have changed that much, the, when you're in a police car and you leave yourself exposed to the rear, whereas someone can walk up on you, that is bad. You want If you're going to be in your car, you want a solid wall behind you. You want a building behind you. You want it to where nobody can approach you from your six o'clock. Okay. They're either going to approach you from the side or from the front. Unfortunately, these deputies were parked parallel with a building and their six o'clock was exposed. Okay. Again, I'm not, we've got to break this. We have to make ourselves safer and learn from this shooting. Okay. Thank God they weren't killed. Okay. Now we just like a plane crash. Some things happen that you can't, you know, very seldom do planes just fall out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Very seldom do cops get shot for absolutely no fucking reason. This was one of them, but there's extenuating circumstances that could have precluded this, which is these cops could have had a solid wall behind them. The building they were, they were next to, they could have backed in, especially in a high crime area such as Compton, California. Yeah. You know, there's shootings there. The police are not liked there, etc. The other thing is, if you can't be in a position to where your backside is, is covered, get out of your car. Do whatever you're doing outside your vehicle. Have your head on a swivel and be and always constantly looking around. They told, you know, your car can become your coffin. Wow. And in that instance, it was very close to that happening. Luckily, the suspect in this probably had a small a smaller caliber type handgun that didn't really do a lot of penetration. And for the uh, deputy, the female in the passenger seat, she was hitting the jaw a couple of times and that's the hardest bone in your body. And if you're going to get hit shot in the head, that's the place to take a round. Wow. You know, it's going to rearrange your teeth and you might not be able to talk good for a while and you're going to have some surgeries, but you're going to live. And she did. And she did a great job of getting out of the car, getting her partner out of the call, getting out of the kill zone, getting into a position where she was able to keep her head on a tactical swivel. What I mean by that is looking around constantly for her uh, surroundings because you don't know if the shooting's over or not. You don't know if that mm -hmm. was the first yeah. barrage and that round two's coming. Mm -hmm. And she was also able to put a tourniquet on her partner who was shot severely in the uh, arm and, and his forehead was grazed and he was lucky he wasn't completely headshot. So two things they were lucky about. Number one, the asshole that shot him didn't do a very good job, thank God. Number two, it was probably a small caliber weapon, I'm yeah. thinking. Now, was it an automatic? Were there, obviously, the guy didn't, didn't wait around and pick up his uh, spent casings. He did the shooting and got the hell out of there. So that leads me to believe that, that unless they are not disclosing the automatic weapons type, that it was probably a revolver. Mm -hmm. But again, they said there were several, several, there were many, many shots. So in that case, I believe it was probably some type of small caliber automatic and they know the, the round and they're keeping that from the public. That only an investigative tool for them, once they get the suspect in custody, they can match the ballistics 
And if someone, some wacko walks into the station and says, I'm the one that shot him. Well, what kind of rounds did you use? Well, I used a 22 wrong. It was a nine millimeter. Gotcha. Just, just to, you know, a way to eliminate a, a dipshit from trying to take credit for it. Well, you, you know, you mentioned the whole, how, how absolutely tough these deputies were, especially uh, the young lady who, who just jumped into action really to save her partner. And, you know, I've seen quite a few things. We all seen kind of the footage of it, the uh, surveillance video or not surveillance, but the, uh, the still camera from a, just a recording really. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was bleeding all over the place and two officers who were on the ready, ready to go still. It really makes you think twice about or think once about some of these professional athletes who injure a, a fingernail and, you know, flop on the ground and pretend they've been, they've been shot when you see two officers there who were shot and uh, kept going. Well, I'll, I'll be real frank with you. Uh, athletes are pampered. Yes. From day one. Okay. Uh, they're carried off the court for cramps. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This female deputy, um, I, in in look in looking and seeing a picture of her and seeing her name, I believe she's probably uh, Hispanic, which really doesn't have anything to do with it. But you can tell she's no pampered little princess who grew up in Beverly Hills and got everything she wanted. No, she was probably some tough chick that grew up in a shitty area and learned how to defend herself and take care of herself. And it, it's astonishing to me that she's 14 months on the job and she had that much wherewithal and that much uh savvy to do what she did i've known and believe me i have been a major critic of female cops in the past Mm -hmm. okay uh she did a stellar job in doing what she had to do i mean medal of valor type shit right there Mm -hmm. whether she continues on the job or not and comes back is irregardless she did a great job just to not go wither up and go into a fetal position and start you know crying male officers would do that female i mean yeah it shows her character just how damn tough she is absolutely for only being on the job 14 months i mean there was a will to survive there that was outstanding and saving her partner who now i believe is out of the hospital as of today Mm -hmm. yes i I believe i did hear that and um you know i mean just just you can't say enough can i ask you this bill uh without i mean detail if you want or not but you talk about being on the job 14 months and having this happen to happen to them to my knowledge you were never uh physically harmed in any way like that but how soon into your start in law enforcement did something happen where it was really like eye-opening like there was there was clear and present danger we'll say maybe not to you but maybe a partner or a uh, somebody you were called to help protect just something that jumped out to you maybe in that first year or did it take longer than that really for you to see something pretty heavy well you see a lot of shit from the get-go not and it didn't it doesn't really pertain to you it pertains to the you know I, I my first month on the job I saw a guy get electrocuted on some high tension lines and when they brought him to the ground he was his body was like on fire it was smoking and he was shaken. He went into shock. And I was like, just wow, like, like horrified at this. And what's not funny, but not, not funny, but kind of like, um, this happened in October. No, I'm sorry, September. In January, I went on a radio call and it was this guy's house and he had fully recovered. 
and he had zero side zero side effects from this electric 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 uh, right mm-hmm. am i saying it right Elect- electrocuted he was electrified yeah. you know I'm yeah. electrified no he was he was <laughs> electrocuted on the job he worked for edison and you, you know he had to tell me he goes hey because my picture was in the paper on that showed me tended to him etc cetera, etc cetera. he goes hey you were at a scene of mine a few months ago i i go i was yeah i was the guy up on campus avenue that got electrocuted i go you got to be shitting me <laughs> i go i thought you would have been dead wow he goes oh no here i am you know and he was fine <laughs> And uh, I was, you know, shocked and amazed. So people do recover. You know, I, I've seen, you know, I've been on scenes of cops being shot. I was shot at early in my career. Wow. Uh, but, you know, knock on wood, I've never been shot. I'm, I'm more fearful now, Matt, of being shot at age 61 than I was when I was a cop. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm more fearful of being shot or stabbed in a bar than I am not wearing a mask in the bar and catching COVID. I think the chances of me getting stabbed or shot in a restaurant or bar are a lot higher than me getting COVID in one. Just the way we, the, the time and, and age that we live in now. Yeah, I, I think there's some definite truth to that. I mean, everyone's on high, high alert, high tension, we'll say. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you remember the first, when they, when they had the lockdown the last time and we, you and I were out at a local uh, drinking hole. And there'd been guys in there drinking all day and they were assholes and they wanted to fight each other. Yeah. And they went outside and they were ass and they ended up either doing it or not. But it, you lock, I mean, we're animals. You lock us up long enough. And when we get out, <laughs> you know, we, we want to either, you know, we don't know whether to fight or fuck. <laughs> and in that case, you're in a bar and somebody pisses you off because you've been drinking too much. You want to fight them. I get Man alive. You're back. You're back. Bill. Well, you know, nine days off. Look at you. Oh man. Say, so you, you uh, where do we go from here? Uh, man, I'm sorry. I'm a little, well, I mean, I'm just putting it like everybody wants to hear it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, you do cage us up. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, we want to let loose and, and some of us don't have the self-control, if you will, to not want to fight or, or do other things. I'll we'll say so. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth. To that. That's crazy that early on in your career, I mean, you jumped right into it and it, I guess it kind of comes after you. Uh, it just goes with the job. It's what you signed up for knowing you might see some stuff right away. Unfortunately, this deputy, I'm sure she couldn't have imagined or, or her partner that you'd be sitting in a car, be walked upon and I shot put myself. I, I, I take myself back to that, to that kid. I call her a kid. She's 31 years old. She was a former librarian. Okay. Now I've never known a librarian that could handle herself like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. She must've, you know, used that ruler and smacked a few people. (laughs) Okay. She's one tough broad and the dude's 24. Mm -hmm. They they had gone to the, they they were in the same Academy class. Yeah. So they obviously had a bonding there Mm -hmm. and for her to do what she did. I mean, that just shows you she's, she's well-trained and training and what she was trained in kicked in. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that was an outstanding job. I've, I've seen people that have just cowered and just gone to complete, you know, uh, just shell shock. Yeah, they, they've just become, uh, you know, just, just warm Play-Doh Ugh. and just melted in situations like that. Well, well, thank God they're both alive. Um, that, that could have easily been, been two, two people executed. The guy, the guy who shot him, we know he's a coward. He's also a scared, uh, there's so many words I want to use. He, he runs away like the coward that he was. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they find him soon. Well, and they I will. hope they there's will. no, I mean, 
here, put all put all the handcuffs away. That's all I want to say. Put them all away. Put all the handcuffs. Leave them in your car, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, well, the, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department will be professional. Okay. In how they handle this, I like that. Okay, they will be professional in how they handle it. Um, my personal belief is they know who this is, mm-hmm. and they are surveilling. They're doing a lot of work to try to find him, and the money that's been put up is just a way to get the public also to give them up. Perhaps yeah, give them some odds. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Get the, and, and there were so many distinct traits and characteristics of the suspect, a, mm-hmm. a very short individual, the way he ran kind of a, like a, a major bow-legged pigeon toe run. Yeah. If that's a known gangster in the Compton area, Los Angeles area, any part of the LA basin, any gang officer, gang detective, or cop who has had dealings with the guy will recognize him okay. right away. And he's in some database somewhere, and they've got him ID'd. Unless, unless this was a, which doesn't, which would not surprise me, a some type of well orchestrated conspired hit, and they brought this individual from another area. I, I think. I would be surprised by that because too. LA has plenty of uh, bad guys. We'll say, mm-hmm. you know, that's. Uh... But even the local Compton gangbangers, gangbangers, it's one thing to take somebody else out, but to do that type of flat-out execution to two cops when you know, when you absolutely fucking know that there are there are cameras and there are video cameras all over that bus station, train station. True. I mean. <clears throat> Either the person was awfully, awfully stupid. Well, they don't strike me as very intelligent people, Bill. I mean, these these guys who want to execute police officers, or no. law enforcement. No. Or this was some type of gang initiation. Okay. Yeah. Or, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just putting the, the possibles out there. Sure thing. And what strikes me strange is that you've got two things to look at here. And I'm not – this is just me – my observations. I have no inside information. I've got nothing except my experience and my instincts that I'm trying to, you know, go with here. The two deputies that were shot are Hispanic. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it's a if it's a black on white wanting to kill white cops, they missed. Okay. If it's wanting to kill Hispanic cops, they were on it due to the fact that it was two Hispanic officers that killed uh, that easy guy or whatever his name was the guy on the bicycle with the gun Mm -hmm. in Compton about two weeks ago that all the protests have been on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or it was a payback for the Hispanic 18 year old alleged security guard at the car, car repair shop who was selling dope. Uh, That was his front as a security guard when he was, it was well documented that he was a dope Mm -hmm. dealer working for working as the front was a security guard. So you don't hire a security guard who's 18 years old who has not got their proper registration, certificates, et cetera, okay? So that could be the case uh, because it was Hispanic officers involved in that. It could be a payback for that. It could be just been a random, like, go kill two cops. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just things to think about. No, it, it could. there could be more to it for sure. Um, what, what were your thoughts, Bill, on... 
I'm sure you've seen some of the footage of, of some people who were close by kind of laughing about the doesn't situation. Surprise me. I doesn't mean, surprise doesn't surprise me. you no, at no, all. No, not at all. That's part and parcel with the mentality of folks nowadays that has been fueled by politicians. It's been fueled by athletes. It's been fueled by just about everybody, including the, uh, uh, the president and vice president nominee from the Democratic Party mm-hmm. about how fucked up cops are yeah. and how they need to be defunded and this and that. And you know what? What strikes me strange, and I think she knows better, is Miss Harris decides to go see Jacob Blake, yeah. who is a alleged rapist and uh, sexual assault individual and calls him a hero. He's very brave. Yeah, very brave. <laughs> Lunging in his car to get a knife after he fought the cops. Yeah. And she has not mentioned one iota on the two deputies from her state, where she's a state fucking senator, getting shot. I I, I could have told you probably months ago before any of this happened that, hey, here's what's, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be two deputies that are going to be shot at point blank range. And, uh, and these people, these... Uh, some of the people you mentioned won't say a word about it and it wouldn't surprise either of us. So um, like you and, and the people that were laughing and dancing and, and to all these, this shooting um, it's not surprising. It's unfortunate. It's sickening, but it's not surprising. And there were, there were protesters. I don't know what they're protesting at the hospital. When these two uh, deputies went in people saying, you know, Oh, we're going to kill all you, all you cops and this and that. I mean, it's, you know, that, so was a, that was, you know, that was a very stupid thing to do. And those protesters were very lucky that there were so many cameras around that in the old, let me tell you, in the old days, they would have all been arrested. Yes. They'd have all, there have been force used. And while, you know, deputies emotions were on high alert because two of their, their, their brother and sister deputies had been shot. And at that point were fighting for their lives. Mm -hmm. And that was a very, very very stupid thing for those folks to do that for to do. And I just can't believe that the female uh, reporter from some national public radio channel was stupid enough to get in the mix. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not very bright people no. either. I mean, who listens to NPR yeah, anyway? You're right about that. Who the fuck listens to them? I think we have more listeners <laughs> than NPR does. <laughs> that okay. might be the best thing you've ever said on the show. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's true. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, what, do you, what are your thoughts on uh, Sheriff uh, Alex Villanueva pretty much calling out LeBron James? Uh, when in, in kind of challenging him to, hey, you want change? You want to talk about violence and everything involving the police? Uh, how, how? Why don't you contribute uh, to the efforts for us to help find the gunman? I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah, it sure as hell shut LeBron up, hasn't it? Yeah, I, where is he? Have you seen him? Nope. He's not playing games. He's waiting for the Western Conference Finals. He's well. He's he got might, time on his hands. He end. might be down in the bubble with his phone off, really. You know, probably trying to concentrate on the task at hand which is now the Denver Nuggets and not the Los Angeles we choke so hard Clippers. Well, you know, I think the Clippers, for all the talent they had, uh, like a few other teams in the bubble, you know, their leader, Doc Rivers, was probably he was probably still crying through some of his in-game instructions that he, he couldn't come across very clearly. Maybe that was it. Well, I think Doc's got a lot more time now to go out and be the social justice pioneer yeah. that he portrays himself to be in his pre- and post-game speeches. No, absolutely. I, so, I think he can drive to his house in Malibu probably and and uh you know start start his justice revolt there. Absolutely. 
I mean, maybe he can donate half his salary. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking outside the box here. The guy was in tears after an interview talking about the police shooting someone who was re- reaching for a weapon, who was fighting with them, and was had charges against him for sexual assault. So why don't why don't were you at Doc? Why, don't, why doesn't Black Lives Matter just come out and say, "Look, even if you shoot one of our brothers." Whether and he's got two machine guns guns in his hand and he's trying to take out, he's doing a mass shooting at a at a sporting event. If you shoot him, you are targeting him for no reason. We are off. We are black males should be off limits to any type of police contact at all. That's essentially what they're saying. That that is do not come talk to me. You are Mm -hmm. targeting us whether we're doing a criminal act or not. And ninety nine percent, it's usually a criminal act that involves. A, a contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean the cops are not walking up to a vehicle like we saw in Compton with the roles reversed and just shooting two uh, black males black in their car? They're, they're, that's the media keeps telling us this is happening. Where, where is it? I don't. I haven't seen any footage of it, but we've seen the the hunt of two law enforcement officers in their car uh, in Compton. But yeah, we we're not seeing it the other way. So you're right about one thing. There is absolutely. Zero reason in in some organizations, some groups of people's eyes that you the police cannot use force against black males under no circumstance. That is that is the narrative we're hearing. Well, it's it, it's kind of like this, you know. Uh, if you work in in a, in a in a highly populated black area of a certain division in a certain large metropolitan city, you your contacts because of the because of of the uh, breakdown. Of the population, if the population is eighty-five percent black, guess what? You're going to be contacting black black people, mm-hmm. black black African American people. Mm-hmm. All right. If you work in an area of Rancho Cucamonga, California, where I live, which it's probably about 70 percent white, and that's on a very cons- uh, conservative estimate, uh, white people are going to be stopped by the police. I last time I checked, I've never heard one white person say I'm being targeted because like yesterday I fucked up and I got stopped and I didn't bitch and complain. It was my goddamn fault. All right. And I was fully prepared to get a ticket. Thank God I didn't, (laughs) but I was fully prepared to get a citation for that. So what do you say to people in that situation who, who would argue and say, uh, Bill, you didn't get a ticket because you're you're a retired cop, but mostly because you're a white guy. Doesn't matter. If 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 I was black and I got stopped and I had the same exact attitude that I had, and I was a retired cop being black, I'd get I would get a warning also. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. I gave more warnings out on traffic stops like that than I ever wrote tickets to all colors. Mm-hmm. You could you could talk to anybody I worked with, any of the suspects I I dealt with. I was fair. I treated everybody the same. If Bill Barnes is anything, it's he is firm but fair. Firm but fair. You treat me good, I treat you good. You treat me like an asshole, I treat you like a bigger one. Well, Bill, we have seen more riots and looting and violent violent protests. Yes, violent protests. Uh, it, more in this year, in this country than we've probably ever seen. Uh, there was a situation recently in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 
uh, an officer-involved shooting, or I should say the, the shooting by officers uh, of a man who was chasing after an officer with a knife. Uh, there was going to be this huge uproar very soon, but it was put to put to bed real quick by law enforcement. And it had a lot to do with a few things they did. Uh, the Lancaster police, they, they released the body uh, cam footage very soon. The police showed up in force the first night of the protest, and the police aggressively aggressively pursued those who committed the crimes. Uh, it's amazing, really, that this didn't blow up into something, but it sounded like the, the police were being very proactive with it. Imagine that. Yeah. What a Imagine concept. That. What a concept the cops allowed to do their job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one, they were completely above board with what happened. Uh, the, the suspect, it sounds to me, was, uh, you know, was dealt with accordingly. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a protest. Uh, they did protest. The uh, so-called non-peaceful protesters in this case were put in jail. It's amazing. You arrest someone and put them in jail and keep them there a while. You address the flashpoint, deal with it, and it goes away usually. And I'm and I'm I'm be willing to bet that the mayor of Pencil of that Lancaster, Pennsylvania, is probably a non-Democrat and allows his police force to deal swiftly and effectively with folks who break the law. Yeah, I, I mean, rioters who were arrested were charged with multiple felonies and kept in jail on bail set up to $1 million. So they weren't screwing around. They weren't They weren't just putting people in, in jail and get out of jail free cards and, and uh, celebrities coming in and, and buying people out. No, they, they meant business. Uh, I, I applaud the uh, law enforcement in that area. Again, seems like a pretty, uh, you, you don't want to jump to too many conclusions, but it seems like a righteous shooting when someone's chasing you with a knife. Uh, sorry, you know, you do that. I got no sympathy for you. Uh, and, and it's good that they squashed the bug before it kind of blew up on them. Um, well, Bill, let's talk a little bit about sports. We have a few sports topics here. Uh, number one, uh, the big 10, they are magically, uh, cured of all the concerns they had. And and it looks like they're coming back to play football in the fall. Well, it's amazing when the president addresses the, the conference and tells them they need to play football. All of a sudden, All's right in the world, and they play football. Yeah. Yeah. What a concept. I mean, there was obviously support. A lot of parents, a lot of those uh, states and cities, they they wanted to play. And it was all these school presidents and and were just like, yeah, this is unsafe. Well, there was an uproar. And, yes, the president did get involved. And anybody who denies that is is just lying. The president got involved. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. And these uh, martini drinking, Birkenstock wearing (laughs) – uh, let your armpit hair grow way long. College presidents decided, you know what? We're going to look bad if we don't play football. We better play football. Yes. No kidding about that. Uh, well, the what's funny is the Big Ten. Here's what happened. The Big Ten and the Pac-12, they kind of led the charge going, oh, we need to all cancel. We need to not play. They committed to not playing, thinking the other Power Fives would not. Okay. When the other Power Fives said, screw you, we're playing, uh, then the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were like left without a chair when the music stopped. And then there was this uproar. There really wasn't much pushback from the Pac-12. The Big Ten, they really wanted to play. Uh, now the Pac-12 is like, well, yeah, we want to play too. Well, the Pac-12 is a rudderless ship. Yeah. <laughs> okay, They've got people in charge of that conference that really are putting blame on the governor of California. And the governor of California put blame right back on the commissioner, Larry Scott. Mm -hmm. And 
either one of those I would probably trust on who could tell the truth better. All right. <laughs> so read between the lines there. Uh, they're just looking to point fingers at each other. And when they constructively want to get down to business and try to come up with a plan to play, great. Now, I will say this. It's financially pointless. In fact, it'll cost you money to play football without fans. So my question is, who are you playing for? Are you playing for the school? Well, the school doesn't give a shit because they don't. They can't go to the games. All right. Well, are you playing for the alumni? Yes. Are you playing for the players? Yes. They want to play. But from the financial realm, is which, which we all know college presidents think about, it's about the money. And I think without fans, it's going to cost them some money to play. Well, it, it's, it's, it's kind of balancing the books, really. Like, you cannot play and lose millions of dollars or play and lose, a, lose less money. You don't, Where are you going to get your money from without fans? You're going to get some TV money, right? First of all, you're going to have fans. I, I, I'll tell you right now. Not in the Pac-12. Oh, Pac-12, you already mentioned that. The Pac-12, uh, I don't know how committed they are to anything. But in these other, in these other conferences, you're going to have fans. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We, we saw in, Even in the Big Ten, which, you know. You're going to you're you're keep people out of the out of the the uh, of Memorial Stadium in, in Lincoln? No, you're out of your minds. Yeah, you're out of your minds. There'll be a you'll, you you think these BLM riots are bad? <laughs> you see some pissed off horn corn husker fans? Yeah, you're going to see some <laughs> some good old country boys going batshit crazy. <laughs> oh man, alive! No kidding. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know about the Pac-12. First of all, they're the last ones uh, back to the dance, if you will, and. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how committed they are. Sure, uh, people are sending letters, and 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 Governor Newsom of all people uh, of of our beloved state of California getting in the mix too, saying, "Well, we're not restricting any Pac-12 schools from playing." And then they're countering okay. it. If you can't, I can't, if you can't go into a restaurant and sit down and eat a fucking meal, <laughs> then what makes you think that lily-livered little fuck is going to allow football players to go without masks on on a field? And contact and have contact. You're with absolutely each other. right. He is a hypocrite. Yeah, he's a liar. Oh, he is. There's he's a, a liar. You got to open stadiums. You need to open restaurants. First of all, I'm tired of all this stuff, Bill. I want it all opened up. It it doesn't make one damn bit of difference that you can go into Costco, you can go in a grocery store, that you can't go in a restaurant, you can't go in uh, wherever people go. Where? Well, it's it, it comes. You know, I had a, a one of these these. Uh, uh, telephonic conferences with my doctor the other day to get a, a prescription refilled. And I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, what's your thought? How long do you think this COVID thing is going to go? And with just with, without a hesitation, he says, I don't know. I'm not a politician. <laughs> That's fantastic. So this is a fucking doctor, man. <laughs> yeah. And they're laughing at him because they fucked this all up. So things a joke, Bill. I know people have died. I know people, all oh, this virus is deadly. No, it's not deadly. One percent, two percent—that's not deadly. Yes, it is. And then the argument people. is going to say, "Well, if we didn't have uh, mitigation, it would have oh, been a lot higher." Stop it! Just, just stop. Like it. I said before, I'm more fearful of either getting hit by a drunk driver on the freeway and dying, or going to a bar or restaurant and getting shot by some pissed off, angry fuck, mm -hmm. than I am getting COVID. No doubt. I, I I took my lovely girlfriend to dinner on Tuesday night, Bill, for for her birthday, and uh, how we was Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, got it, got it. Wow. Of course you went. Of course you went there. Oh, you're a jerk. Uh, but we were sitting in a parking lot. We were literally in a parking spot oh, yeah. outside under oh. a tent. 
And this was this is dining in 2020, eating in a parking lot in California. Oh, al fresco is that what they call it? <laughs> Something like that. I think it's called al fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not. It's bullshit. Yes. Okay. Stop. Number one, flies. Yeah. Bugs, mosquitoes. You know what? Fuck that. <laughs> I know. I'll have a hungry man in, at, at home. <laughs> there you go. Before I bow to that shit. Open up. Open up. I the mean, st- Ruth Chris Steakhouse, and you're eating outside. Oh. Where, where flies are getting on your how, steak. How does it make any difference? Come on. Yeah. What are we doing? Stop this. What are we doing? Exactly. We're not doing anything. We're, we're, it's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, anyway, the Big Ten, they're trying to make a dramatic comeback with football. Uh, so it's looking more and more like even even it could be like an eight-game season, they're saying. They're going to start just before Halloween, whatever. To me, you just wasted time is all you did with the scare tactic. And I, I find it hysterical that the Pac-12 looks like an absolute joke because it is a joke. They, absolute joke. Absolute joke. They, you know, they went with the old, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Well, guess what? The sky's only falling in the Pac-12. <laughs> exactly. Nowhere else. Yeah. Everyone else has opened up. Florida, they're opened up. They had a little, they had a little, um, a few, a few hits early on. Mm-hmm. They're doing fine. These, these states that are open up, they're doing fine. We got fans at high school football, college football, NFL, Jacksonville had fans. I mean, what you've got to realize, okay, cases mean nothing okay correct you could go in and get your nose swabbed and you have you have some type of coronavirus that you had that wasn't covid and you're going to test positive mm-hmm. and you're no more a carrier than the man on the moon okay <laughs> the real test on how severe this is is hospitalizations icu and deaths and what do we see lately a sharp decline and the and the folks that are passing are at risk. They had other type of mitigating circumstances yeah. with their health that caused a bad flu to kill them. 94% of them had other comorbidities, comorbidities. That's a funny word to say. Uh, it's, I'm sorry. It's this, this whole thing and is, here's the other being, thing. is here's nonsense. The other thing. Here's the other thing is, and I've, I've made fun of her before and I'll make fun of her again right now is the County health, uh, <laughs> chief officer in Los Angeles, Ms. Ferrer, uh, with the gray curly hair that looked like she just stepped out of a out of a, a morgue herself, is a she has a doctorate, excuse me, a PhD in social welfare or some damn thing. Oh, so she could be one of the uh, the the new law enforcement people yes, that go out to yes, for calls yes. for for violence. Yeah, she's never hung a stethoscope around her neck in her life, <laughs> let alone prescribed an aspirin for anybody. Why don't medical people make medical decisions? amazing i mean and she's not gonna uh, she's not gonna she's gonna do exactly what the politicians tell her to do because she's a county employee and she's got a probably a 350 or 400 thousand dollar year job for getting up there and pontificating what they tell her to do it, it, it yeah why, why would she well i mean if, if you're getting paid to just spew out nonsense and venom like what, what does it matter well two things i want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and know that i'm not somebody's bitch two <laughs> She can't look at herself in the mirror every day because she's so goddamn butt ugly <laughs> that she would frighten herself. So I think that pretty much sums it up. No doubt. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, uh, <laughs> we, we could talk COVID and all this fun stuff all day. Uh, let me ask you this, Bill. Uh, 
one of my favorite radio shows is Outkick the Coverage. Clay Travis, he had on, we're recording Thursday. He had on today, Thursday, uh, President Donald Trump for the second time on his sports radio talk show. The first time he was on uh, about a month ago, uh, CNN, all these different networks, even ESPN, they were basically making fun of uh, everything President Trump said about opening up the Big Ten and this and that. Now he's right today. He, he got it opened up. Uh, they misquoted the guests. They they just they were trying to really paint Donald Trump in this bad picture because he was on a sports radio show. Why is it that when President Obama was in office, every March, ESPN absolutely worshipped him because he wrote college names down on a on a bracket for March Madness. Every year of his presidency, they did this. Donald Trump goes on a sports radio talk show, and all of a sudden, he's a monster. But but President Obama is worshipped for his bracket and his bracketology because President Obama had a complete bedroom relationship with the media. They slept together. They shared meals together. They, they were in, it was a love affair. Trump from day one has called them fake news. Yes. And basically despises the press. And that is why they will fuck with Trump every chance they get. He could, he could tomorrow single-handedly have peace in the Middle East. Oh, that, I think that's what he's doing. Is he not? Wait, what, what, yeah. What yeah. day was that? Peace I, in I the heard Middle that. East. In, I don't listen yeah. to the news, but he's yeah. doing that. And it's like, being frowned upon like who gives a shit all right he's doing what no other president ever did there and he could come up with a covid cure tomorrow and everybody would say oh we don't trust him it's bullshit he could have a he could go out and shit a million dollar million dollars for every man woman and child in this country and they're gonna say oh it's tainted don't take it blah 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 he cannot there's just nothing he can do nothing he can do to get the press the media on his side. No, but what bothers? Fine, they hate him. Fine, I don't care. Like yes. they, they hate him. Uh, everything he does, fine. But the media, they're so they're so inconsistent. They're evil. It's they don't. They have no common sense. All they care, they don't report the news. All they care about is spinning things their own way. Okay, think back to when you were in in high school, and I, this might not, might not be a fair question because your high school was awfully small. But I remember when I was in high school, we had a we had a school newspaper. We had a school, we had the, we had the theater company. Okay. All the theater people are a bunch of fucking dorks. Okay. <laughs> so that's to me, they're just an elevated, uh, scent of sense of who the actors and the, and the, and the Hollywood are now fucking dorks that don't get it. Well, I'll say this. About and then the school newspaper people were weirdos. Yes. Okay. And True, there's not true journalists nowadays. No. They're all talking heads. Mm -hmm. They're all they're all kept people. They do what they're told. There's no there's no individuality on anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. The Walter Cron Cronkites, all these people, you know, all these fair and impartial journalists, there's no such thing any anymore. No, my uh my meaningless degree bill that's hanging on my wall, it it uh I, that's what I studied. Which one? Yeah. The one from Fullerton or the one from high school? Fullerton. High school, they just gave them out, you know. Yeah. But no, at Fullerton, I was, I was. That's right. You finished twelfth in your class. 
I congratulate you. But then when I found out <laughs> there was only there was only thirteen of you, you weren't so damn hot after all. Hey, hey, you? hey! Top ten, top okay. ten yeah. out of fifteen, I think. I don't know. Anyway, but at Fullerton, I studied communications with with an emphasis in public relations, and it was a lot of media studies, journalism. And I remember taking these courses and looking around the room at people and. Uh, sorry, we all judge, we do judge books by their covers sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, and they're goofs. Yeah, this is, and, I, and then I was like, man, maybe I'm a goof and maybe I was, but it's a big reason I really didn't pursue that field of work. Cause I was like, man, I don't like the company. I'm kind of around, uh, some of the philosophies and, and principles of, of some of these so-called journalists and training. It was a uh, self-absorbed. Look at me. Yeah. I'm important. Jack offs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So I said, "Well, have I mean, you ever been out in this, like on a on a? You're driving by and you're walking by, and there happens to be a remote uh, TV news crew somewhere by the truck, mm-hmm. and they're standing around and and they want to be seen, they want to be important, and then chest out, yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, you see them, and then they then they you know five minutes before they're going to go live, they go and they primp their hair up and they look all good and they try to look they're self." Absorbed for the most part, self-absorbed, non-important jack-offs. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And they think because they're in front of a camera that they're somebody special because they're not being, they're not acting, which isn't, you know, that's a whole nother thing. They're not, they're doing whatever sports. the company just holding the mic and talking them to do. Yeah. They're doing exactly what they're told. Mm-hmm. Just like my good buddy, Stu Mandel. And he's up in, <laughs> in flying for Sky Fox now. Yeah. And you listen to him on Facebook live. Yeah. You can hear him talking. Okay, desk, what do you want me to do now? Okay. Oh, so you want us to fly out to uh, Canoga Park for that fight? Okay. Well, you got to tell me. You got to make your mind up. Where am I going? <laughs> oh, they, they, they're, they're controlled like robots. You want to hear You want to hear about some real good journalism, kind of a more positive story, Bill? I mentioned this to you uh, not too long ago that there were two young ladies from Real Hondo Prep. Oh, here we go. Uh, no, they they started up a podcast called Sunny Street. They cured cancer, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tati and Jess, I think are their names. But they got – they rookie podcasters, much like I am, and they were able to get Alana Rizzo on their show. They reached out to you. I told you that story. I listened to it. Still, I'm still astonished <laughs> on how they pulled that off. I have no Either idea. Either Alana is really, really bored – and has nothing to do, or she's a kind-hearted, very nice lady to 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 accommodate these. I listened. Kids. I listened today to the Sunny Street podcast, and and uh, I didn't ever think I, I would listen to something like that. But Alana Rizzo was on there, and the girls did a great job interviewing her. Alana was pretty gracious, and I'm thinking to myself, man, maybe I got to branch out to uh, work on some of my guests that I bring on. I keep bringing on this retired cop every week. So, well, I mean, I really add nothing other than I try to make people laugh and I try to think, you know, this guy's a guy's a his mind's all over the place, you know. <laughs> you are all over the place, but uh, we love you for it and man, one day away from us or two days away from us and and here you are. Uh, I thought maybe uh, some people thought you were protesting uh, maybe wanting uh, higher wages for your your weekly appearance on this podcast Well, or that'd something. be nice, you know. Maybe I should go on a on a hunger strike slowdown. <laughs> You know, um, so yeah, it would be nice getting a raise here. Yeah, we all except for except that you know it's always a two drink maximum. You come <laughs> to your place, I can only have two drinks, and I'm out the door. But <laughs> that's true. the beautiful thing about Honeypot Studios is you know it's got a built in bar, everything's good. Uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a couple poles, but no pole dancers. 
keeping it keeping in line with the COVID. Uh, wow, restrictions. Yes, uh, social distancing for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah, come on over. Yeah, we got a few. No, oh, not a true drink uh, minimum. It's a maximum. It's a minimum, Bill. Come on, we take care of you. Tell you what, I'll call Drupal. You'll pay tomorrow. Uh, yeah, sounds good. What's well, four times zero? I don't know what to tell. Uh, nothing from nothing is still nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've been around long yeah, enough. There's to a know good that. song, uh, Billy Preston, 1970. Three or four. Nothing from nothing means nothing. <laughs> you got to have something if you want to be with me. Billy Preston. Look it up, folks. Wow. Get wow. on. Get, get on. Get on uh, Wikipedia right now. Look it up. Get on. Uh, get on the Real Honda Prep Radio Network and uh, give it a listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also, yeah, check out our ratings to see that we we do have more uh, listeners than NPR. That was a great line, Bill. That was, I'm sorry. That was well, I think that, it's, a, it's probably the only true statement I've ever said. On <laughs> it's a true statement for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's keep rolling right along here. Uh, Bill with uh, the uh, sticking to, well, we'll talk about baseball a little bit. What do you make of this baseball bubble that major league baseball has decided to go with? There's only like 10 games left. I think at the regular season, give or take somewhere in there. And with this new 16 team playoff, Major League Baseball decided to prevent any more COVID delays or anything. They're just going to put the playoff teams in a bubble in uh, two different states, four locations, and then it'll it'll kind of dwindle down to uh, originally two and then one. But you're going to have the American League playoffs in the uh, Los Angeles and San Diego, and you're going to have the National League playoffs in Houston and Arlington. So uh, what are your thoughts on just Major League Baseball making this decision? I think it's a good decision, all, all kidding aside, for health reasons, for logistical reasons. Uh, just just put them all, you know, in one spot. Um, San Diego's got a lot of uh, of uh, hotels down there near the stadium. L.A. the same. You can house them pretty comfortably. Um, I thought Anaheim would be a, a better logistic place for than L.A. because I think Anaheim has a lot more hotels and a lot more uh, it's a lot easier to get in and out of the ballpark there with multiple teams. Yeah. LA is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, but you know, without fans, the buses aren't being slowed by anybody when they go in. So (laughs) that's true. uh, Then there's talk, there's talk of at least for the world series, which will be in Arlington, which will be the only time in the foreseeable future that the Texas Rangers will have a, uh, World hosted. Series in their in their ballpark. I wonder if they're hanging a banner. Hey, we not, hosted the World and it Series. And it's going to be too bad that they're that the host team can't participate. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it's, uh, I think down there they're talking about allowing fans to some level. Yeah, and it's too bad that let's just say it's let's just say for the sake of argument it's the Dodgers and the um, Cleveland Indians. Okay. You're gonna. It's gonna be like a Super Bowl. It's gonna be a neutral site. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, you know, it is interesting. It's a unique, fucked up year. So why not have a unique, fucked up way of doing it? Yeah, you got to roll you with know, it. It's part and parcel with the rest of this fucking year. Look at. I got to hand it to Major League Baseball. They could have easily folded up their tents and said, "All right, we're we're done. We're shutting down with all the different COVID things mm-hmm. that happened." But they kept going. They they stuck to it. And I think this is a probably the smart thing to do towards the end of it. Like, let's just let's make sure we complete this thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's. It's a good, it's a good plan. Um, I hate to give uh, Man, uh, Manfred any credit. I'm sure he, hopefully same. he didn't think of it. <laughs> he, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping I doubt some, he did. I'm hoping some third level secretary answering phones on Park <laughs> Avenue in New York said, hey boss, let's do a bubble like the NBA. 
and he ran with it and took credit. Sure. Yeah. No problem. Hey, sounds good. Yeah. 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 No, so. I, I do think there would have been some better options, but I think overall it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think it looks to me like they were adamant about having the NL playoffs in American League parks and the AL playoffs in NL parks. Yeah. Uh, that, for whatever reason, that seems to be, if I connect the dots, that that's what they wanted to do. So there's no advantage well, for anybody. Well, I don't think Houston or the Rangers are in the running, are they? I, uh, Houston, because remember, every division now gets two teams. Right. The, 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 and then, then... So they'll be out, but they would be in LA. Let's just say for some sake of argument, some crazy way of... Are the Rangers in it at all? I don't think they are. I do not believe so. So there's no chance they could get hot and 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 be in the World Series in their own ballpark and have all seven games if necessary <laughs> in their own fucking ballpark. <laughs> that would be something. Wouldn't that be something? Well, that'd be that'd be a story. And then when they when they win, it'd be like, oh, this is after yeah, it's tainted. Number it's one, tainted. yeah, they got hot at the right time, only playing sixty games, <laughs> and then they got home field advantage all seven games. I, I don't think the Rangers have it. They're they're uh, yeah, they're eighteen, yeah, thirty one. Okay, <laughs> so they're kind of math. They're twelve and a half out of first and with, uh, uh, what? six and a half back with ten, with ten to play. Yeah. Okay, they're done. Okay, so that that takes them out of the running. So, okay, whoever gets in, it would be fair. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. Right. I mean, yeah, and again, it's going to be odd without fans or whatever. But the bubble, mm-hmm. I think, is is probably the best the best way to go. We're going to see a World Series, Bill. It's going to be asterisk. I don't know, but we're yeah, going to see well, a World Series. You know, it's uh, it's ranks right up there with Williamsport this year. In <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is hilarious! Yeah, Jeez. well, well, let's talk about Bill a couple other things revol- regarding baseball. Last week, kind of before we moved on from a few things, we were talking about two two coaches. Uh, one was was your uh, what did he coach you, Dennis Rogers? Dennis, one year, Dennis Rogers. His first year out of pro ball was my junior year in high school at North High School, and Dennis was a young twenty. 20- Five-year-old, twenty-six-year-old uh, yeah. uh, guy out of professional baseball, and uh, a complete fucking lunatic. <laughs> <clears throat> Even though he's a lunatic, he, I mean, there was something he said to you that uh, that, it, or was it to you, or or maybe someone else you know, but something he kind of lived was, by with the backwards I was, hat. I was uh, present when he told a player, "Hey, uh, don't wear your hat backwards. Life's going forward. Put the bill forward." <laughs> <laughs> and I've never worn a hat backwards in my life. Yeah, that's outstanding. Uh, you hear, you know, in, in today's world, everyone's, oh, yeah, do what you want. Be free, blah, blah, blah. But it's good to know that uh, there's still some coaches that way. I I am, I am part of a few of his games, but he seemed like a, ni- a no-nonsense kind of guy, Dennis Rodgers. Dennis was very matter-of-fact. He would, if he did, if if you did something wrong and you didn't correct it and you – God, God help you if you ever lied to him. Oh. There was a player that that said he had to go away for a family reason, and he was up north, and he said that uh, he got he got a weather delay. Well, Dennis got on the internet and checked the weather up there. It was clear skies and no weather delays. Oh, oh wow! And so when the kid got home, he cut him. Hey, it's a good life lesson. What? Are you, wait done. a minute. There was a consequence. Yeah, you're done. Tonight. Whoa, wait. Yeah, what? you're done tonight. I don't know what those are in 2020. It doesn't in fact, like... I think he called him back and said, hey, stay up there as long as you want. You're done. <laughs> when the weather delay's done, you can still stay there, you know? <laughs> oh, man, a no-nonsense guy. Yeah, we, we got, you and I were talking, I think, off the air, and you're like, yeah, Dennis. And I, I love that backwards hat quote because you see all that now, and oh, I'm, I'm cool. And mm-hmm. uh, no, hey, 
walk forward or uh, life's in front of you. I mean, you don't walk backwards, do you? No, you shouldn't. You walk backwards in life? I usually walk straight ahead. I can't walk. Number one, I take two, three steps, I'll fall down. Well, the so Pac-12 gotta... Pac and the Big Ten might be backpedaling. Does that, does that well, count? true. Especially the Pac-12. Ugh, what a mess. But anyway, um, no, Dennis was quite, you know, I still talk to him every once in a while to this day. He's a happily retired 60-some-odd uh, guy living a retired life, and I think he's kind of a shut-in. He doesn't get out much. In fact, when he was coaching, he would go to Starbucks in the morning, He'd go to the Riverside Community College, teach his weightlifting classes, have baseball practice, baseball game. Then when he retired from coaching, went to Starbucks, went to went to class, taught weightlifting, and went home. Wow. Yeah. He is, yeah. I mean, Dennis is a very simple man, lived mm-hmm. a very simple life. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No. It sounds like he's gonna live till 120 with that. He might. Yeah. Never know. Well, Bill, one other coach you and I talked about uh, last week a little bit was John Scalinos, legend, legendary coach from Cal Poly Pomona, won a few national championships there. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Bill, but even though Rio Hondo Prep's a very small school, uh, Coach Scalinos actually spoke at my baccalaureate in 2003. Very old, very old man, uh, you know, and he passed away a few years after that. But yeah, John Scalino spoke at my baccalaureate. Well, the reason I know about John Scalinas, Coach Scalinas, is that Dennis played for him at UC at Cal Poly Pomona and also coached for him. And and Dennis Rogers still became uh, they were lifelong friends up until the day John died. Dennis would go over and take you know take care of him and see him and 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 look after him as much as he could. And it's funny that he spoke at your baccalaureate. He spoke at my uh, team celebration after my senior year in high school at our party at my coach, Rich Stalder's house, <laughs> coach Scalinas, who was still coaching then 1977. So if you do the math, I don't know how old he was <laughs> then, but he looked like he was 80. Um, I think we, he was probably in his late fifties then born in 1918, 18. So he'd have been 59. Wow. And he looked I'm 61 now. Yeah, he's two years older, two years looked, younger than you. I, I, yeah, I, it, he looked like he could have been my father, the oh, same wow. age I was. Okay. Well, well, he died in 2009. He was 91 years young. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. He was spry, and you know. Anyway, Dennis told a lot of good stories about him, and he lived in Claremont. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and he was a very frugal guy, from what I remember, or what Dennis had said. And his luggage when he'd go on plane trips were paper bags. <laughs> Stop it. Paper no, no, bags. that's what Dennis said. What? Paper bags. Paper oh. bags. Didn't have credit cards. Come only on, cash. Only had cash. <laughs> only had cash. Me. No credit cards. So I remember, I know he probably said a lot of things at my high school. I mean, we're talking 1977. That's if my math is correct. 43 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember the one thing he said is he was saying that don't let women dictate your life at this age uh, because they're here, to, here today, gone tomorrow. Wow. And that if you do something they don't like, they'll give you the pink slip right then and there. <laughs> Not only would they do it back at the age I was then, which was 17 or 18, they'll do it at age 55 or 60. <laughs> yeah. So coach was right on in giving those remarks. Coach Galito. He said, be your own man. Mm-hmm. live your own life, do the very best you can in life and just 
live as as sully free as you can mm-hmm. and you have nothing to worry about you don't hang your head yeah you guys listening who don't know who john scalinos is look him up legendary coach at cal poly uh, Cal Poly Pomona, three-time national championship coach there in 76, 80, and 83. Can I tell a story, a, a famous story about him? Yes. That not, many, not many people know, but this is actual fact. Okay. I've confirmed it from three or four people that absolutely are in the know. John Scalinas was the head coach at Pepperdine University back in 1958 or 59. And when the Dodgers came to LA, they had no place to play. So they, they had to play in the LA Coliseum. It was John Scalinas who diagrammed wow. a, the field for them on how to convert the Coliseum into a baseball stadium. You're kidding me. No, wow. no. I don't know if, if that's, you know, that I heard that from a well-known former politician in Los Angeles, uh, uh, Kenneth Hahn, who was the board of supervisors son and a former mayor of LA who the Kenneth Hahn senior was on the board of supervisors during that time. And they asked Scalinas to come down and diagram the field. And he did. And that's what the way the Coliseum was with the moonshot short yeah. left field porch, etc. And you've got, if you got right center field seats, you're 800 feet away. <laughs> but if you, if you sat behind home plate, you had pretty good seats. Well, well, you're dead on about the Pepperdine years. I'm looking at his, uh, his record here. Uh, he was at he, he he coached at Pepperdine 1946 to 1960. And Bill, I don't know if you knew this, uh, he also coached uh, football at Pepperdine from 55 to 59. So for four years, he was doing double duty. And I will say this: that the foot when Pepperdine had a football team, mm-hmm. he must have coached Jim Pirano. He must have because Pirano was a quarterback. Oh man, at and for those of you who don't know, Jim Perano is a uh, baseball assigner on a con- the conferences that Matt and I worked, and uh, form- former football coach also at Brigham Young University. Uh, his son, Tonto Perano, was one of the heroes at uh, Benghazi mm-hmm. when things went to shit, when our illustrious leaders left those guys <laughs> to die. Well, Tonto Perano and some more folks, you know, uh, shot it out with the Taliban during yeah. that time. Yada yada for that. We'll talk about that at another time. But anyway, uh, yeah, Scalinas he he diagrammed Dodger Stadium Dodger, or, uh, Coliseum. That's crazy. Yeah, the, the huge mm-hmm. net and everything, unbelievable. Right. Where did he go after Pepperdine? Uh, Pepperdine. He went from Pepperdine nineteen sixty to Cal Poly Pomona in nineteen sixty two. Okay, sixty two to ninety one, almost thirty years or thirty years. Yeah, of coaching a uh, Cal Poly Pomona, three national championships, and uh, just just one heck of a guy. I will say, Bill. Uh, he won over a thousand games as a baseball coach, but unfortunately, his football record wasn't great. He was 17, 26, and one. He wasn't the head coach. It says he's the head coach of football. Of football. It says head coach unless otherwise noted. Well, then he picked the right sport to go full time in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I can't picture John Scalinas living in Malibu. No, no, like you said. No, I couldn't. That's see just that. not that. That's just kind of. That that befuddles me right there. Yeah, but I can see him, uh, you know, being quite, you know, frugal and 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 spending his money wisely, <laughs> and uh, just from what I understand, I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about the guy. No, no um, not at all. You know, I I had former teammates of mine that played for him. In fact, one of the funniest ones because he looks so old and weathered is a guy by the name of John Hotchkiss. 
went on to play at Cal Poly Pomona when I played for the Oakland A's organization. We were at a 20 year class reunion and we're talking and we're talking about kind of the, you know, the old days. And I said, so what, what was it like to play over for Scalinas? He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, John was so crazy. He goes, we would say to him, Hey coach, act your age and die. Will you? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, I just looked it up, Bill. Uh, five years as the head coach at Pepperdine University as a football coach. So work coaching football and baseball, coaching baseball much longer, of course. And yeah, it's it's good to see that Coach Galinos uh, found found his niche for sure. Uh, some funny stories, some interesting connections there that he spoke at, spoke to you guys and then us us uh, however many years later that uh, was. That would be what? Uh, 25 years later. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. talking to us. He did, uh, One thing I remember, he said, guys, baseball's a round game. It's a round ball, a round bat, and you run around the bases. And, and then he, and then the most famous line, he was just chewing us out, or, or he was saying, you got to you know, act the right way. Sometimes you got to get your head out of your jock. You just pull your head out of your yeah. jock. I was like, wow. Right. So, But yeah, legend. Guys, look him up if you don't know about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Galinos, a few stories there. Well, Bill, we'll wrap things up here shortly, but I want to ask you quickly about uh, the NFL ratings seem to be a little down. 25, 30, 30% somewhere in there. I don't know why that is really, but uh, I did see the ratings ratings a little bit low, they reported for the opening weekend. It's not like people are still locked down or anything. They don't have time to watch football. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you are, look, I personally don't care if someone kneels for the anthem, that's their right. I think it's wrong personally, but if you're going to, who you hurting? That's you fair. Hurting? That's fair. Who you hurting? Okay. And if you want to come at this, this black national anthem, fine. 80, 80 to 85% of the NFL is black. Is it not? Yeah. Then if that's something you want to do, who you hurting? Who you hurting? Your ratings. That's who you're hurting. Okay. All right. <laughs> Me personally, I don't care if you do those things. I don't even care if you play the anthem. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. We've been over this. Yeah. yeah. But where, where I draw the line and I call the NFL a complete bunch of fucking hypocrites is when five Dallas police officers were killed by a self-admitted black lives matter shooter back in 2016. 16. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and and kudos to them, wanted to put the names of those fallen cops on their helmets. Mm-hmm. And guess what the NFL said? No, can't do that. No, can't do no, it. No. no, can't do it. But you can put people that have been involved in serious crimes who have unfortunately been killed by the police and uh, were not out and out murdered by a terrorist organization, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh and they can put those names on their helmets. Yeah. It, it is rather uh, hypocritical, I think. And that's and, why I am not following football this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may change my mind down the road. Who knows? But right now, I am i don't give two shits mm-hmm. about the L.A. Rams, who I used to like. And I still do. But but I'll call them out. I mean, what, yeah. they didn't say – I haven't – maybe, you know, we're recording this Thursday. I still haven't heard a word from them uh, condoning the shooting that occurred. A couple of a couple of miles from where their brand new stadium is. Maybe they didn't hear it in the news. I don't know. But we need more consistency with these things, right? And I, I did hear Mookie Betts come out today mm-hmm. and and condemn it. And the Dodgers put something out, I think, right. yesterday as right. well. Yeah, yeah. So it still doesn't make it any better. No, I mean the NFL still has. Uh, they're tiny. You can barely read them. They're on the back of their helmets. But Bill, can you imagine somebody who? 
for instance, Jacob Blake. Uh, and, and again, it was it hasn't been proven yet to my knowledge, but he was uh, he had charges out against him for sexual assault, sexual conduct. Can you imagine if you were the young lady that was involved in that situation and you see that 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 the NFL kind of worshiping this guy, that guy's name on the back of their helmet. What happened to the Me Too movement? Yeah, where, where are these people? Where she, are they at? Is she just pushed aside? Where's the Me Too movement? Yeah, boy, you know uh, Jeffrey Epstein and the other guy, uh, the, the the movie producer. What was his name? The guy that's in jail oh uh, Weinstein. Boy, Weinstein, bad, bad timing on the, for those two. Yeah, <laughs> shit, man. I'll tell you, uh, six more months and they'd have been scot free. Yeah, this not is, saying they should. I mean, they both got what they deserve. Hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, especially that, that that fucking Epstein, bad guy, bad guy. And the only way that other guy Weinstein is going to get laid, because he couldn't get laid in a woman's prison with a handful of pardons <laughs> the way he looks, is to use his position as a as a producer yeah. to wine and dine these chicks and get them to come to their room and sure. and 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 succumb them with his ugliness. I mean, the guy's up. He looks he looks like shit. Yeah. Job of the hood looking. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Hideous. Bad. Well, this bill, this is my point that I tried to talk about. This is why I think sports, they, they get too involved in things. Okay. The NFL for, for a whole month had uh, pink socks, pink, everything just for, play the for game. breast cancer awareness. Just play the, the game. Yeah. Just, you have uniforms, just wear your uniforms. You know, if you get in, that's the problem. If you get involved in one cause or one movement, then when you don't get involved in another cause or movement, people are like, Hey, you're not speaking out on this. It's like, you shouldn't be involved in any of it. Just, just do your job and have, play have, sports. Have a road uniform and a home uniform. Yes. Not a protest uniform. No. Wear them and play. That's it. And count your fucking money and be happy. You should be happy. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And try to keep yourself out of jail and and from from and 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 getting into trouble when you're not playing. Yeah, you can be an example to people. What a concept that would be. That would be sure nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's so weird. It, it's a coincidence. It must be that the you know ratings are down. So I hope some of this stuff goes away real soon. I really do. Um, money always talks. So we'll see. Yeah. Right. Anything else, Bill? I, it's it's been a fun time recording. Yeah. These couple days off. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm hoping. Uh, you know, the, everybody is having a nice Saturday, a nice weekend, and um, enjoy your weekend. And uh, hopefully, the air is a little cleaner now. And those <laughs> really won't have smoke in the air. You know, and uh, enjoy. And we'll be back. Hopefully, be back uh, on our regular day Wednesday. Yeah, as long as you don't get called away to uh, for special ops you know, again. Uh, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, living on the edge, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here today, gone tomorrow. Well, we may we may even try to record even a day earlier than Tuesdays. Who knows? Just in case, just to give us a little buffer time. You never know. You never know. So, okay. thank you for being here on a Thursday, guys. Hope everyone enjoys their Saturday, their weekend. This was a special edition of the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes on a Saturday, but we will be back next week on our regularly scheduled day on Wednesday. So, Bill, thanks again for coming over, and uh, we'll talk. Glad to, to you be soon. here. Glad to be alive. Glad to be breathing. Thanks again, Bill Barnes, the one and only Bill Barnes for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in, even though it was published on a Saturday. Thank you to all of you who tuned in to listen to Bill Barnes, listen to him vent, listen to me vent a little bit. Always fun to chat with Bill. We look forward to doing it again next week, and it'll be a little earlier than our usual six days off uh, because we were delayed a little bit last week. So it should be a lot of fun. And, you know, after the show was done yesterday, uh, or I should say Thursday when we recorded, um, 
Bill and I got to talking, and one of the things we want to do, and we'd like some feedback from some uh, some of the listeners. Uh, I, I would like to know who would be interested in doing this. Bill and I were chatting and saying, you know, we should do a live show with a live studio audience. Basically, uh, have some people over here to uh, the the house and potentially, depending on how many people we get, do do kind of a live show. We were just brainstorming, but uh, I know for there's probably I don't know anywhere from five, ten, maybe fifteen loyal listeners of uh, of our Wednesday's episodes with Bill Barnes who might be interested. And some of you live semi locally, so. If you're interested in that, maybe coming over, uh, having a few uh, uh, beverages, some appetizers or whatever, and watch Bill and I make a fool of ourselves in front of you. Uh, I, I want to know who would be interested in that. We're thinking about talking about it for a couple weeks now to try to uh, you know, pu- publicize it, we'll say. Uh, or right As of now, we're thinking either Saturday, October 3rd, or Sunday, October 4th, again, based off availability who would be interested in coming, recording our show for the following Wednesday. Uh, again, if you're interested, let me know. Reach out to me through social media, through email. Uh, you know how to get a hold of us. But reach out. Let me know if you'd be interested in coming. And what thing we wanted to do is with our audience is to take questions from you guys. Uh, you know, we would go on our little rants and give our opinions on current events and everything. But we're thinking about having studio audience, having some people there that could a- a- ask some questions. And if you want to be anonymous, you can be that too. There won't be a, a camera or anything. It's just audio. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of a thought. I figured if we get anywhere from, I don't know, five to 10 people, we would uh, consider doing it. Just something we were brainstorming, a way to spice up the show, give you guys a, an opportunity to meet Bill Barnes, who have not met him before. Uh, he's not all that glamorous, nothing to write home about. He's just, uh, just your average guy, except he has some very strong opinions and we love him for it. So, Anyway, if you're interested in that, please reach out to us. We're trying to get a uh, kind of an idea who would be interested in that. And if it's one or two people, well, well, hey, we still might do it. Who knows? But uh, reach out to us, uh, contact me, and let me know if it's a good idea, a terrible idea. If you would be interested, we'd probably do like two hours or something, just uh, our episode. And then also uh, you guys uh, asking questions as well. From our live studio audience, we probably have to do it downstairs because uh, our studio up here is a little small. But we'd, we'd, uh, I already started brainstorming. I think, I think we can make it happen, and it would be a lot of fun. Uh, we provide some, uh, some drinks and some appetizers for you guys. Whatever the case is, we'll have sports on, and, and we'll just make a day of it. So, if you're interested in that, uh, give us an idea of, of how many people would be uh, interested, uh, and just uh, some feedback would be great. You could send that feedback or reach out to us any uh, way you wish, but some of the ways to follow us and to contact us are through social media. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you uh, just uh, for anything content, suggestions, questions, and of course, let us know. Uh, if you'd be interested in that live studio audience uh, idea we have. I know, a little corny, but at this point, we're trying to just have some fun with it. Uh, we, we thought maybe a Saturday or Sunday would be best because I might be a little busy here on Saturdays very soon, and I think most people are off on Sundays, so that's kind of why we're thinking, leaning towards Sunday. But uh, you know, time will tell with everything. We'll see if we get any feedback from you guys uh, this upcoming Wednesday and the Wednesday after that. 
And if we get some takers, then I think we'll, we'll give it a go. Uh, anyway, you can listen to us plenty of places. Appreciate all those who listen at Anchor, Apple, Spotify. Uh, lots of places for us to be heard on the Get Home Safe podcast. And if you look in the episode notes, usually the uh, the notes below the description, you should be able to find a few links to either leave a voice message or some other information regarding the podcast. A uh, lot, of, lot of different options, a lot of different features we have. Be sure to check out Sunday night as we'll post our episode uh, or post who will be on the Monday show, the Monday's episode. Uh, that is the plan. We won't tell you about who's coming on right now, but we'll just have to wait and see until Sunday evening when we will post on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram about our upcoming guests for Monday. Well, we know that uh, it's the weekend, so uh, hopefully you get a one day off at least from us. And uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday, well, hopefully you will join us again on Monday for a new edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. And guys, I'm pretty confident that by the time we are back on Monday, we should be over the 10,000 total plays mark. That is my goal. I hope that's how we start our week off. It will be a great new week if that's the case. And if not, we will get to that 10,000 shortly thereafter. Guys, enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your Sunday. And no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Get home safe.